Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, Jesus is teaching us this morning about a couple of things, about Thanksgiving. Uh, We would be hard-pressed to read this text and not see that. In fact, I think if you're reading the text of the Ten Lepers and you not see Thanksgiving being placed in this, uh, then you're you're missing the point, one of the main points of the text. Um, This, however, this text will show up again for us uh, here in a couple of months on Thanksgiving Eve. So we will take up particularly the topic of Thanksgiving then. Because the other thing that is of equal, if not greater importance, the thing that's in fact spurning on the Thanksgiving is the other thing going on in this text, and that is the nature of faith and of the Lord's mercy. Now we should remember maybe at the outset, uh, probably so I just don't forget to say it later on, that the mercy of the Lord, what the difference between grace and mercy is fundamentally, is that grace is the Lord not giving us, or grace is the Lord giving us uh, what we don't deserve, and mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. So that mercy is always tied up and bound up uh, to the Lord's giving, uh, giving us eternal life and the fact that he doesn't give us eternal condemnation instead. Uh, so we should be clear on that. When the Lord is uh, answering these lepers' prayers for mercy, uh, that part of the, the major part of that is him not giving them what they should get, uh, which is for them to not be healed in, in this sense, uh, and also for them to not inherit the eternity of the resurrection. So Jesus gives, uh, gives to us through the Holy Spirit this account, these 10 lepers coming up. Now, this isn't a bigger spot in Luke. From Luke 9 uh, to Luke 19, this is this whole journey of Jesus toward Jerusalem. The whole 10 chapters there is Jesus journeying towards Jerusalem. It begins with Jesus setting his face toward Jerusalem. And then in Luke, everything is driving at Jesus going there until he gets to Holy Week and to the cross. And so all of this is the lead up to this. And this is all unique to Luke, in fact. It's one of the great gifts that Luke gives to the church is that we are blessed to hear of all of this uh, ministry that the Lord does uh, specifically as he's moving towards the cross uh, very intentionally. And this is uh, right here, uh, towards the end of that, as he's going through Samaria and Galilee, this kind of in-between section. We're we're kind of back where we were, uh, different side of of, uh, the lake this time, but similar to last week where you have the, the, or a couple weeks ago, where you have the the guy coming up and asking Jesus to be healed, and he sticks his fingers in his ears, that that whole deal. Uh, We're kind of back in that region again. And so you have these lepers that come up, and they come up from a distance, and they start crying out uh, with a loud voice, uh, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, the reason why, if you don't know this, the reason why they're at a distance is because this is part of being a leper. Uh, leprosy is a particularly nasty thing. Thanks be to God, we are uh, basically rid of it in, in the United States, so it does still 
um, continue on in the various parts of the world, there are still leper colonies in various parts of the world. Uh, leprosy is this particularly uh, pernicious thing where uh, your, your skin, your body externally is just uh, rotting. Um, and it, it has all these uh, pretty bad consequences where not only can you have like pieces of your body will actually fall off, but uh, more importantly, maybe uh, you lose feeling. So you can go and like break your foot, but you won't know that you broke your foot. And so the, the injury actually just gets ag aggravated and worse and worse and worse because you can't tell uh, that, that you've injured yourself. Uh, this, is, this is a big part of the, the thing that leprosy does. The other thing that it does is it makes you unclean according to the Old Testament temple standards. So if you're a leper, uh, regardless of whether you're Jew or Gentile, you cannot be in society uh, because you would make other people around you unclean. You cannot be in the temple. Uh, you, can't, you can't even be with your family any longer, your, your biological family. So like if you, if you contract leprosy, uh, like you can't go and hug your kids anymore. I mean, it's a really terrible thing uh, that, uh, that happens. So they all get gathered up into these various leper colonies and they, they have to stay far away from people uh, to the point where as they're moving through an area, uh, part, part of the thing that uh, Moses gives uh, from God is that they have to shout out unclean, unclean as they are walking through an area as a warning so that everybody would stay away. Which is why this is really interesting. When they come up, they see Jesus from a distance. They don't start crying out unclean. They cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Cleanse us. Make us well so that we can go back home. That's what they're crying out for him. And, and thanks be to God, Jesus, in his mercy, answers this although not in the way we maybe would expect. He doesn't just say, behold, you're clean, or your faith has made you whole, or anything like that. He does this in some other areas, but not here. He tells them to go, show yourselves to the priest. Now, there is, though, in that an implicit promise that they are clean, because the way, if you are a leper, the way you became clean and are able to rejoin society is by going to the temple and going to see the priest and showing them, look, I don't have leprosy anymore, and they would verify that, and they would send you back into society. So there is this implicit promise of Jesus here that they are, in fact, cleansed. Now, we don't know when this happens. There's a lot of different ways this could work. It could be like halfway there. It could be they're, they're like all the way at the temple, and then, they, then they're cleansed. Um, there is also, though, and this is maybe, I think at least, the closest to this. It's as soon as Jesus says this, they're cleansed. And that is because when Jesus is uh, rebuking the nine, it seems they're still in earshot of this. Otherwise, it's a little bit odd for him to say, where are the nine? Was no one else uh, found to, to return and give thanks to God? I mean, that, that would be a weird thing to say if he's just talking to the one and the other nine are not still in earshot. So, but ultimately, it doesn't really matter all that much how far away. The thing that matters is that Jesus heals them with his word and according to his promise, but also in connection with the Old Testament laws that had been set in place, that Jesus has come not to abolish, but to fill up, to fulfill, to bring into their completion. Now, with all of this, why, why do we have this? And, and none of us sitting here today externally have leprosy. 
But one of the things in the scriptures, the reason why the Holy Spirit sets this in front of us, is as a reminder that leprosy is a stand-in, a physical manifestation of all of our sin. In fact, uh, the scriptures will use leprosy uh, in a spiritual sense to talk about the leprosy of our sin. That while we may not be externally falling apart, although sometimes maybe we are, uh, depends on the sort of day that we're having maybe, um, but internally we are. Internally, our sin just eats away at us, especially sin that remains uh, unforgiven, unconfessed. That sin just gnaws at us. This is what uh, David remarks in the psalm, uh, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away all the day. Your hand of wrath was heavy upon me. I was dried up as like a potsherd in the heat of summer. That, that our sin just gnaws at us. It is a leprosy on the inside. And if it's not taken care of, if it's not healed, then it will ultimately destroy us. Which is why we get joined in with these lepers, whether we want to or not. These lepers are set up for us as our brothers, particularly this one that comes back in faith, that this leper is our brother in the faith, and we will see him in the blessed resurrection. And we can ask him about this whole thing. Because leprosy, as it turns out, is the great equalizer of all things, both externally and internally. Externally, in that you've got this, this mixed group here. You have, we, we need to not lose sight of this. This is a Samaritan with a bunch of Jews in the same colony. That doesn't happen. The leprosy has just evened them all out. There, there's no difference now between any of these men. All of them are equally unclean. They all have to live together. They all have to support one another and hope that at some point they will be cleansed of their leprosy and will be able to rejoin society. But for the meantime, this is their new family. This is their new community. And it's leprosy that's done that. And for us, it is sin that's done that and particularly the confession of our sin. That as we did at the beginning of the service, every one of us confessed the exact same thing. That we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. And that is equally true for every single person sitting in this room. There is no distinction between any of us. We are bound together in our sin, in our leprosy from the inside. And that's a good thing, because it's also going to bind us together in a different way. But we'll get to that. The other thing this does is it binds us together in our prayer. In the same way that these men come up to Jesus, and they all pray together, have mercy upon us, so too do we pray together to the Lord. In fact, the exact same thing. Uh, it is a fascinating thing. You can look in the hymnal and verify this, but anytime the church gets together, anytime the Holy Spirit gathers the church and we pray there are two prayers that are always on our lips. The Lord's Prayer, which the Lord has given us to pray at all times, and this prayer, the Kyrie, Lord have mercy. Those are the two prayers that are always on our lips together as Christians. So we pray for all the things that the Lord was have us pray for in the Lord's Prayer, and we pray for his mercy as he's taught us. And so we, like the lepers, are joined together on account of our sin in our prayer, specifically asking God for mercy on account of that sin, that he would not send us to the eternity of divine wrath, but instead that he would give us his grace and send us into the eternity of the blessed resurrection. And God be praised, he does. That prayer, dear saints, if you have any questions about this, that prayer is answered, yes. 
The Lord does have mercy on you. You've already heard that mercy once, that your sins are forgiven. You'll hear that mercy again in a bit when you come to the altar and you hear that this is Christ's body and this is Christ's blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And you should not doubt those words. They are true. You are forgiven. You are covered by Jesus' blood. You are made holy. You are cleansed from the inside out by our Lord's promise here. And then lastly, we are bound together like this group under the Lord's promise, under his gospel and his mercy. Uh, And this is by our faith. So at the very end of this, you have this, and we've probably made this note before. um, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Eh. That's not not really the, the greatest translation of that. Um, this is the, the Greek word for salvation. Your faith has saved you. That, that is the promise to this leper here who has been cleansed, and that is the promise to all of you as well. That you, this is essentially what the sending is, the benediction at the end, that you are to rise and go your way for your faith, born out of uh, the Lord's word in your ears, has saved you. That you are inheritors of eternal life because the Lord's promised it to you. Rise, go your way. You are saved. And so by faith, we are bound to that as well, that we are bound to one another, sitting at Jesus' feet, praising him, worshiping him, receiving from him all of his wonderful gifts, bound to each other at his altar, where we receive particularly his body and his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, bound together in our confession, in our prayer, our faith, bound together as a body and as a family, forgiven with the blessed promise of the resurrection on the last day where we will continue being a family, but with the family of the entirety of the church, past, present, and future, and that will be a glorious day. And so the Lord gives us this through the Holy Spirit, this blessed text of the ten lepers, and especially of the one, to show us of the great gift of the Lord's mercy and the faith that binds us all together, even to that man who is our brother. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.